Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. It's the only Arsenal podcast that counts. By Arsenal fans, for Arsenal fans. Enjoy the show. Hello, welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. My name is Fergus, I am your host. I'm joined by that geezer, that geezer over there, um, Gunnar Hilsey, Capo Dan in Amsterdam, Dan in Dam. And Albert JTV back as a guest on the podcast again tonight. Guys, how are we doing? Very good. I'm enjoying uh, being away, which is brilliant. Um, still recovering from having spending time with you lot yesterday, but I'll get over it. Was was that having time with us yesterday, or was that having time with Lucy at the Oktoberfest in London? Oh, I don't know. She's pro- she's pro- she's probably not watching, so I don't mind. Um, <laughs> I think I probably, I think you you lot just delayed me hangover, to be honest. I think I would have been over it in a day, but you, you guys have extended it by 24 hours. And before I go to you, Albert and, and Trev, uh, you're currently, um, you're uh, doing a little bit of a tour. Uh, you're in uh, in Amsterdam, you've been out to the Jung Greif uh, Stadium um, and done the stadium tour. Talk to us about that. Yeah, really nice stadium. Um, not too far from where I'm staying, central Amsterdam. So literally landed today, I think it's about quarter to one, got to the hotel within half an hour, dumped me stuff, and then went straight to the ground to uh, do a bit of football tour. Um, I, I was very surprised. I didn't know that was an indoor stadium. And it's actually got a retractable roof that apparently goes in within 18 minutes. Um, but the stadium is, oh. is a huge stadium. L- Lovely. Lucy didn't say that. Sorry, I must have misheard that there, Fergus. Yeah, 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 that's all right. <laughs> um, and you have you have been seeing the sights. Uh, you've been and seen, as you said, the retractable roof, and you've seen uh, yourself with a, a Dennis Bergkamp Arsenal shirt. Uh, t- tell us about this picture then. I mean, the first one you go to, isn't it, really? As soon as you go into any stadium, straight to the Arsenal shirt that's always in every single one of them because they only show you the top clubs in their stadiums. Um, yeah, really interesting. The, the stadium is generally a really nice stadium and the um, the museum and bits, obviously, with their European history is is, is a great site. So, um, yeah, another another place ticked off to see, which is nice. And you're just generally enjoying the sights of Amsterdam, <laughs> aren't you? She won't also be watching, so that's good. But, yeah, I uh, I, I might have bumped into someone and had a, had a coffee with them and I'm meeting them on Friday. So the sights are quite good around here, to be honest. Okay, Albert, I have got no photographs of you or any incriminating evidence. No, 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 definitely not. How are you? How are you? Yeah, I'm good, man. It's good to see you guys, man. Good to be back. I love coming on here, man. This nice football debate and chilled atmosphere and I get to see your beautiful faces, man. So I'm happy, man. I'm all right. Trev, uh, Trev's in charge of the chat. He's seen all the comments coming in. And basically, they're rinsing our Moroccan sunset down in in, in the background. Um, Trev... What a good weekend it was uh, this weekend. Awful journey down to Southampton. Three and a half hours there, nearly four hours back, on top of your two and a half hours uh, from from Lincolnshire down. So it was Ooh. it was quite grueling. The weather was bad. The the traffic was bad. The roadworks were bad, except for on the way back, which we'll talk about afterwards. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm all right, thanks, mate. Yeah, it was a very long day yesterday. Oh my word, it was a long day. But it was with good company, and it was it was good to be at the football watching the game. So at the end of the day, it's worth it. Yeah, I had a, had a great day. 
Shame about the result. We're going to talk about the game in a minute. I think we've got plenty to talk about with this game. Mm. Um, and we'll see how we pick it apart. I'm, I'm interested to get... Dan was there. I'm interested to get Albert's view. Because Did you watch it on the telly, Albert, mate? Did you? I did watch it on the beautiful um, Sky Sports, yeah. <laughs> I'm really interested to see how it came across to yeah. the TV viewer compared mm. to what we saw in the ground. Because... Um, it, it, I've been watching bits of it back today and it's, it's become very interesting. I've become a little bit frustrated, actually, with, with some mm. of the things that happened, but we'll talk about that shortly. I've just got to say hello to Florence and Mime and the Grand Daughters because they're watching tonight. I don't say hello, they won't go to bed. So, are your kids, are your granddaughters. Love you both. Uh, they, they like gingers as well on Sky Sport. <laughs> uh, as I said, they only pick out the good-looking ones, so... Yeah, yeah. I was hiding behind my camera on that one. I was uh, taking it, taking the video footage. Got a couple of nice photos actually from the game before we start on the game. So let's have a look on here. Uh, this is um, Big T, uh, Ross uh, Hoggy, um, Ginger Fella, All Boy, and me. Um, it was it, it was a really good trip down. Uh, it's grueling trip, but when we got there, we, we were full of full of Heineken. Um, and uh, then we uh, went into the stadium. We met up with Ben Bennett. Uh, clock end uh, Ben, who does all the songs and everything else. Um, and myself and Dan, well, it's my seat really, but Dan decided to loiter there as well. Front row, more or less. Uh, so it, it was it was, um, it was, was really, really good. Um, nice view. Although, you know what, Dan, we'll talk about this uh, throughout the game when you're talking. Did you find the atmosphere better towards the front or did you find the atmosphere uh, better when we're stuck back in, among the other rabble? Um and Trev, we'll talk about halftime and, and bumping into people later on as well. So let's let's get on, on to the game. So, um, Albert, first of all, welcome to the podcast again. Um, you do Albert JTV. You do a lot of with the women's football and, and so yeah. on, uh, what you've been doing there and some watch-alongs. Get yeah, you to talk about that a little bit towards the end so people know where to check you out. Um, so we started at half past nine in my house, or 10, 10 to nine, I think Trevor turned up and complained about the milk because uh, it was full fat milk and it wasn't semi-skimmed milk. You know, first world problems, for Christ's sake. Jesus, Trevor. Skimmed, skimmed milk. Skimmed, not semi-skimmed. Skimmed. <laughs> so what what did we make, Trev, since you're since what did you make of this uh, lineup? So we had Ramsdale in goal, uh, White, Saliba, Gabrielle, Tomiyasu, uh, Shaq and Party in the midfield, Saka, Odegaard, Martelli and Jesus. It is... Ultimately, the the same starting eleven again. Were you happy with the, the with the, the lineup? I, I I don't think you can really complain, can you? No, you can't. It's still, it was a little bit of a surprise to see sticking with Tommy Yasu at, at left back, but um, I think he, I think he's doing all right there. So why not? So yeah, it was as expected, Fergus. As I expected to see us line up, and I was I was full of hope, especially after the first ten minutes. Absolutely full of hope for a good Arsenal result, mate. Dan, uh, lineups um, again. We weren't surprised by any effort, were we? It was, it was a good lineup, wasn't it? I don't think you change your winning side, so I can understand why he's done it. Really, and don't forget, you know, two of the three um, clean sheets we've had in a row in the Premier League. Tommy had been been in the side. Um, I think he's he's earned his spot in the in the team really with how he's been playing. Although it's it he's it very harsh, I think, on Tierney, who is he's a great left back. So. Perhaps he's easing him back in with injuries, but um, it's a, it's a good problem to have. Um, 
Albert, that brings me on to a question. I asked a guy who was standing beside us um, and uh, looking at Tierney on the bench, but Zinchenko seems to get ahead of Tierney in the in, in the pecking order these days. Tommy Ass, who's now playing um, left-back and right-back. And I asked the, the guy, what do you think about Tierney as a squad player? Mm, oh, yeah. Um, I think Daniel's touched upon the point, really, in terms of, I think with the Tierney thing, it is a case of that he's going to ease him back in in um, in gradually because we know this guy's injury record at, um, at Arsenal actually for his career to be honest. So um, Tom, like you said, with a winning team and and Tommy Yasu, he he does a, he does a job at left back. I think obviously attacking wise, it's probably not you're not going to get as much out of him as you would do Tierney in that position. And you saw that when he came on. Um, so. One thing about Tom Yasser I'll come back to is one thing he did do well, which he does do well anyway, he wins a lot, if not all these aerial duels. So maybe Arteta thought maybe Southampton might give us a bit of problems in terms of maybe height or, or, or aerial ability, but he done his job there well, Tommy. I know some people have kind of given him a bit of a an indifferent um <laughs> how they saw him play yesterday. But um with the Tierney thing, I just think it's a case of Matt easing him back in. I, that, that must be the reason. Because you I, think- I, to be, I, I do agree with you. I think I think it is probably easing back in, getting them into into uh, and and rotating players as well. Because he he's was brought on against PSV at the last twenty yeah. minutes or so as well. So I think it's probably about getting him back up to his fitness. But we were having a debate in the car on the way down, and I think I had a conversation with a couple of people and said, "Well, if you offered thirty million, would sell? Would you sell him?" And I said. Uh, you know, you know, it, 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 it's a discussion point. Clearly, uh, Trev doesn't doesn't agree. It, it, has, it has point. come. It has come up before. Uh, even yeah, I yeah, think yeah. It came up. Yeah, it's come up quite a few times with people. So, but, but let, let's. Myself, why do I like Fergus? So I think it's clueless. Got no idea. Listen, right. I'm sorry to butt in, boys. I do apologise. But think about Kieran Tierney's injury problems in the last couple of seasons. Right, we haven't had. A full a full season's worth out of it in in the last three seasons. Now, if 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 if, if Mikel Arteta keeps playing him as he is, right, and and at the the last ten games of this season, we've got a fully fit, flying Kieran Tierney playing ninety minutes every game and getting us through the end of the season. I see every sense in what Mikel Arteta is doing it now, taking it easy with a lad. I've no doubt Kieran Tierney will want to play every game, right, because he's a quality player. We know he is, but. I'd rather see him fit and give him what he can than, than, than play half yeah. a dozen full games and break down for six months again, you know? So that's the way I look at it anyway. And Trev, what did you make of the like the first half? Okay, we got Shaka's goal, we got penalty claims, we've got things to talk about within that first half. But just the performance that we had overall, we, we seriously dominated that first half. I know Shaka scored a great goal, which was an assist from Ben White. Uh, if you want to go over that one, you can. Uh, but th- it was just a dominance in the first half. Surely uh, we should have been more than one goal up by half time, Trev. Yeah, absolutely. We should have put, from where I was watching, we should have put the game to bed, shouldn't we? We looked, we looked a quality, quality team, um, making chances and making spaces. The goal that Xhaka scored, I thought, was a goal of of, of high quality. Um, a great finish. Um, so pleased to see him scoring again because we all know how important he's become to us this season. But yeah, we should have put the game to bed at half time. I thought we should have been at least two, possibly three up, and it in and it wouldn't have um 
it wouldn't have flattered us if we were. So it was a shame, but we didn't do it. And then, of course, we all saw the second half. It was a total turnaround. We looked tired. We looked jaded. I, I, I can't think that we were. I hoped, you know, it was just Southampton had a great half, as teams do against the Arsenal. Teams lift their games against the Arsenal, you know. So, yeah, but we should have put it to bed by half-time, Ferg, for him, from where I was watching, mate. We should have had two or three. Mm. Mm. Uh, young Theo's in the chat no homework tonight until after the show please Theo um, uh, and he says Theo uh, Tierney is, um, is is a legend um, Dan uh, what did you make of, of that first half performance what did you make of Shaka's goal um, the Arsenal um, loyal away fans were singing uh, Shaka's song um, you clapped along um, and touch on the article as well that you had a, a discussion with the um, the author, I can't remember her name actually uh, offhand, from uh, BBC Football Focus, which was the, the, the conversation with, with Shaq. And I saw a clip of it and it's, it is an interesting art um, interview. Yeah, um, I guess starting starting at the beginning, I think the atmosphere, is, as any away day is, when you get into the stands, um, our crowd are brilliant. You know, every single song that Southampton started, we finished it and we, and we took over. And we really didn't hear from them until they had equalised if I'm totally honest, from, from where we were. I think the atmosphere is a little bit better at the back of the stand than the front. Um, certainly, it's easier to get chance going and echo, but look, the, the, the away fans are fantastic. I, in my opinion, we've got the best away fans in the league. So, um, as you hear, week in, week out on the telly. But I think in mm. terms of the performance, that first half, I thought it was electric. I thought we only lacked that clinical edge, which I think the difference between... A team that's going to finish second, third or fourth and the team that's going to be top of the league. It is that clinical edge in both boxes. And and Mikel sort of touched on it a few times when he says we've got to be clinical in the box. And it's just it, it's just that slight, slight difference in quality between first and second. And I, I don't think there's a real major difference between us in terms of starting 11s. But we have to finish our chances if we're going to be winning, you know, sort of 10 in a row as, as, as City do and win the league. And... I think this is just down to a difference of opinion where some people think we're just pushing for top four. Myself, I'm still slightly hopeful in the back of my head that we can win the league. So for me, if we're going to do that, we need to be a bit more clinical. But the performance was fantastic from, from start to finish um, at the first half. I thought we was we dominated the ball. We recycled well. We stretched the pitch with our wide men as we always do. We caused them so many problems. And... They dug in really, and they 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 hung on as as a battle inside like Southampton do. But I think if you look at the last few games where we've won one nil, one nil, one nil, there was always going to come a time where we was either going to concede a goal and need that second goal, or not score. And I think that that just caught up with us a little bit. If I'm totally honest, um, it's going to happen. A small blip, but I think nothing major. Um, second half. I think a tactical change yeah, from Southampton was fantastic. Hang fire on the second half yet, because you're going to will be finished in 15 minutes, and then there's no point even having Albert here. Then is there? So, yeah. <laughs> Albert, um, what did you make of that first half performance? Is dominate? Uh, we dominated it, um, and Shaka's goal in particular. Where, where, where are you? Because we haven't spoken to you since uh, yes. the, the, the 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 you know the rebirth of Shaka. So, where are you on on, on that? Um. In Where were of, you even beforehand? What with the Granite Xhaka? Mm. Um, I mean, I mean, it'd be it wouldn't be a stretch of imagination to say I wasn't his biggest fan. 
Um, you know, he did, he, you know, and he, he's, he, listen, he's, he's, he said it himself, you know, he was close to leaving and the suitcases were packed and whatever else, but um, Arteta's convinced him to stay. But I think, you know what, with, with him, I just think it's maybe it's been like a, a, a private, him and a conversation with him and Arteta to say, Arteta probably said to him, Granite, you know what, I think we need to play, you know, a bit further up the pitch because defensively, you know, we, know, we don't want to put you in any sort of problem. So it might be in a simple conversation like that. And play him a bit more further advanced, and he's been excellent. Um, let's have it right, he's been very, very integral to um, how we've played well in games, how we started well. And he's a goal threat, which I would never thought I'd ever say come out my mouth as an Arsenal fan. And um, watching this guy be at Arsenal for six, seven years, he's a, he's a goal threat. And if he's going to be playing in that further and advanced role, I'll call him Daniela de Rossi Xhaka now. He's it's an incredible turnaround, but, um. <laughs> Yeah, if he's going to be playing further in advanced position, um, I do expect to see more goals from Fergus. And he's chipped in with a few this season already. And I expect him to get even more. Um, so, with that said, in terms of the game, uh, what, what I'm impressed with of Arsenal, um, despite the result yesterday, is, and I've mentioned this a plethora of times this season, we're starting games better. Um, there were cases last season where we're starting games okay, but we're not scoring goals. This season, we're starting games well, we're getting one up, but we should be two up, possibly. Um, that's a slight criticism, which used to be get a bit better during the season. But, um, yeah, we was very positive. Um, Martinelli especially was dangerous. Saka was dangerous as well. Um, good possession. And the goal was fantastic. Well, I mean, what's a goal? Great build-up play by um, Ben White and, and Saka. Got a good understanding there. You know, Ben White's playing out of position, but he's adapted very, 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 very well which is why you probably don't get the same with, uh, you know, a Martinelli and a Tommy Yasu, for example, because that relationship isn't there. But um, I think with, I think with Arsenal, I think the issue for me, Fergus, was that there was a 10, 15-minute window after we got the goal. And Trezor's alluded to it. We needed to get the second goal. And that would have definitely changed the course of the match. Just Although we was 1-0 up, we, to go 2-0 up the way we was playing, I, I think it'd have been very difficult for Southampton to come back, but I, we missed, I, I agree. Yeah, 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 we we missed we missed that window, and um, they even made a little tactical change, sort of in the first half of after because they thought, you know what, we can't continue this for for ninety minutes where we're just getting completely dominated. We're getting the ball, we're getting turned over easy. So they made a little bit of a switch and kind of so, went to a five. Go so on, it, it, we, we are going to get into the second half because Dan nearly jumped into it as well. And, and it is very important how the tactical change and how the game did just pivot. Uh, but there was some some a couple of crucial decisions uh, in the first half. The first one, I'm going to play this and see what we happen with um, with YouTube. The first one is a penalty decision and the second one is a sack of dive. Uh, uh, Trev, I want you to come in first and I'll go to Albert then um, for Dan on what your view is. Let's look at the penalty first and foremost, the penalty shout. And to be honest, I think this is one of three that we could have had. So, uh, Trev, do you want to talk us through this? Let's go from the beginning. So, here we go. Well, Fergus, you know, you know me, mate. I I look at things the day after I've been to a game, and and I, I've got to I, taking Saka's penalty uh, or not penalty to the forefront, but bunching it. I've got to bunch it in with every everything else, Fergus. And I'll tell you why, right? Because I'm at yesterday's game, right, and I'm watching it, and, I, and I'm watching Saka get booked for diving. And I'm thinking, well, it looked like a penalty to me, but we've got VAR, so if it was a penalty, they'd have pulled that back, you know. So maybe I'm just seeing the wrong thing. And then I see a Southampton player 
I'm thinking, did he headbutt one of our players then? Did he? I'm, and I'm thinking, no. No, because we've got VAR. If that was an headbutt, they'd have definitely pulled that back. Then I'm seeing Tierney get one in the throat, you know, and I'm thinking the, the same thing again. I'm thinking, am I seeing things? I, I must be seeing things because we've got this great VAR thing and it's going to be, and it, it, they would have stopped it. So I've come out of the game thinking, God, the ref weren't very good from where I was looking. But, you know, if, if any of them things would have been, they're all serious offences. They're not muck about offences. There's the, that serious foul play, those offences. And then I get to see them all today on the telly and I think, how on earth has VAR not got involved with all with most of those? And I'm not going to dwell on VAR. We've done that to death, Fergus. We all know my views. But what I am saying is you could easily, if you, if you say that Saka's wasn't a penalty, it certainly wasn't a dive, you know, so VAR can interject there because he's got a yellow card there. And early in the quite early in the game, and that changes his gameplay for the whole rest of the game. You know, he has to adapt the way he plays so that he's not at risk of getting another yellow card. So you know, they could have interjected there, and they could have interjected with so many things. And it's, it, I can't believe anymore in my head. I cannot believe in my head anymore that it is a lack of competency on the behalf of the officials. I can't believe it because no one could be that incompetent to miss. All of these things, not just in our games. Mm. I can't believe that, that that there could be that level of incompetency. So you know where that takes me. I'm not going to say it and be recorded saying it, but it makes you think, don't it, Fergus? It makes you think, uh, mate. The, how can the they miss you? The, the phrase we use: the opportunity, opportunity to compromise the game. Dan, tell me the difference between Saturday and Sunday. This is. Uh, is that Broger being taken down yeah, by is yeah. it McCommony at, yeah. at, at um, the, the Man United-Chelsea uh, game? How is that any different than what's happened to Gabriel Jesus then? That was given as a penalty, and thankfully it helped, It made that um, Man United equalise. I don't like that normally, but it meant that, uh, that Chelsea dropped some points and our weekend wasn't so bad. Dan, talk to me. How is, how is that any different? The one on the right is Arsenal and we're top of the league. That's the only difference, Fergus. <laughs> <laughs> Very well. I, well I honestly, honestly don't know. Um, I think I think Trev touched on it very well with most of the most of the points. So I don't want to go back over the individual parts of um, of what I think the ref got wrong. But it's more the overall picture for me that when you're constantly having it, decisions go against you, it changes the flow of the game. And I can't imagine how frustrated the players would be because we're frustrated as fans and we're not the ones playing the game. And they were very physical, Southampton. Very, but some of them challenges, they're not they're not even borderline. You know that that one there is just a clear foul, probably two or three fouls in one on Gabriel Jesus. I think the second one is only not a penalty because it's outside the box from what I've seen. Um, it is outside the box. One, we'll, we're we're going to go into that one in a second. Yeah, go on. Yeah, but for me, that's a that's a, anywhere else in the pitch, that's a foul. So, so uh, Albert, anything to add on the penalty, or do you want to go and talk about the Saka one? Um, just to say, I think I think what makes the Arsenal fans' blood boil even more is the one from the game from the night before with McTominay. Brightly so was a penalty, by the way, because he's been getting away with it for a very long time. Um, mm. So, I mean, Fergus, I try not to punish myself. I don't really watch it very often, which is ref watch. And um, I, I saw the footage circulating around today on the socials in terms of what um, Mr. Dermot Gallagher had to say. Um, 
and the ex-professionals' opinions about it was it. I think it was Sue Smith and Paul Robinson. I think and just call it how it is. It's a penalty. Tang tang a tangle of legs was the words used. So what is is the player? Does the player do not? Does the player do not? Does he not have arms that he was using? Quite clearly demonstrated during the game live when you guys were at the game yesterday watching it on TV. It was unbelievable. It was unbelievable, and not even, not even, not even referred, Fergus. Like, I, I, I can't really see any tangled legs there. All legs are clear. Oh, that's what he said. I can't believe I've listened to. Hmm. But I, I, Listen, Ash, I, I, I could believe I was listening to because he's done at Gallagher. Talk well, to me about this. So this makes, is Albert. They, uh, it makes me feel physically sick to see him on the telly make excuses for their mates, and they think we're stupid enough to believe what they're saying. And BT Sport or, or Sky are actually insulting our intelligence by making us listen to it. We're football fans. We know as much about football as anyone else on this planet, probably more. We watch more football than anybody is. Never a night goes by when I don't watch a game of football of, of some description. If the Arsenal night playing, I'm up watching a non-league in Boston or Skeggy. And I watch all this and I watch what happens. I know about this football so don't be going on the telly, Mr. Gallagher. And who's the other one, Albert, that goes on the other side? Who's the other one? Who's that? What and what the um the presenter? Oh, is that Hulse? Is that not Nigel Holsey? Is that that the um oh, on BT Sport? It doesn't oh, mean um, oh, what's it, um oh what's his name? Philip, is it um oh god, what's his name again? So 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 oh uh there we go, there we go. That's it. Peter Walton, thank you, James. Thank you, James. Much appreciated. Can I just change the subject completely for two seconds? Everybody watching, right? I, I, I've got two witnesses sitting at Albert and, and, and uh, Dan. If you see pop-ups appear on the screen and then disappear within about half a second, that's because before we come on air, we make a, 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 we, we do this thing where Fergus says to me, Trev, will you please put the comments up on the screen? Right? And I say, of course I will, Fergus. That's what I'm doing. That's what I'm here for, mate. And then halfway through the show, Fergus will take over the comments. And as I go to put one on, he'll take it off, put one on, take it off. And it looks awful. So it's all Fergus's fault. All right. So, Trevor, the only time I do it, when you're rabbiting on, because you go into long, long, long Trevor time, you know, ding, 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 Trevor time. Uh, we need to get a jingle for that, don't we? <laughs> uh, when, when, when we do get uh, a Trevor time, that's when I do it. Uh, Albert. Talk to us about the Saka and the dive. Now, myself oh and Dan my are, are, are side, side by side um, in the front row. We've got a clear view. It's right down the other end of the pitch. But even I can see from how many yards is that down the other end of the pitch? This is not a dive. So I've got a few angles on this. Sky, don't please take, take me off. So here we go. So he gets a yellow card for this. And this is uh, more closer up. Oh, I'm going to get done. This is going to get pulled. Uh, I'm just going to remove it for a second and then I'll put it back in so YouTube doesn't pick me out for showing too much um, TV. So here we go. There. There is contact on his foot. People are talking about oh, he, he played for it. No, he is caught on there. Talk to me. Talk to me about this, Albert. That, that's the crazy thing because if for example you see with um Bernardo Silva's penalty that got given actually by the way that was playing for the contact and he got given the penalty that wasn't so when it happened when I watched it I thought he gave the free kick to us the referee so to my amazement when I see him coming towards the play 
He's giving Saka a booking. I thought, did he really dive? And I saw the replay, it was even worse. Mm. He actually gave a yellow card. I couldn't believe it. Um, um, so yeah, I was I was to be honest, the ref Fergus, I actually had he, he must be quite new to the Premier League because I've never seen him before in my life. Is it, I think it's Robert Jones, he, I think it was. Yeah, he's ref us, he's ref us once already this season. I can't remember which game it was. It was a, a game at home when he gave us two yellow cards. He's he's given out nine yellow cards and four of them out to us so far this season yeah. or something like that. I looked at the stats this morning, yeah, and he, he's not very good. Yeah, and then the rest of the, when I saw the like the rest of the first half performance, I thought, oh, you know, this is I think this can only get worse. And with the refereeing, it actually did. So yeah, Fergus, to keep it short, I, I I was shocked when he got booked to be I couldn't believe it. Mm. Um, and we're going to go into the half time uh, shortly, but um, we had this comment made to us right throughout the whole day from from Tony. Um, you know, he says that me and Trev, because we get on, we we debate, we have a little chat, and just for you, Tony. There you go. <laughs> you can take the comment down now. You can take the comment. No, down. you can. You put it up there. You take it down. You two, because you scroll. You two are like my nan and granddad. You two are like. You'll find yourself. You two are like my nan and granddad, and I don't know who's a nan and who's a granddad. <laughs> You'll find yourself muted and booted in a minute, one mind. Listen, Ferg, we've done that to death son, the referee. Look, at the end yeah, of yeah, the yeah, day, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm moving up. Let's talk about the second on. half, but let's go into the second half on a positive, right? Let me give you a positive. Our recent record at Southampton has been abysmal away. Mm. Mm. Look at yesterday, right? We're improving. Two, two. Two seconds. Just what I was going to talk about before we went into the second half is we went down for, well, I was driving, so I didn't have a beer, but the guys went down and had a beer and we, were, we arranged to meet in the concourse. And um, what we, we saw somebody ahead of um, halftime. Uh, we saw uh, Aaron Ramsdale's dad, um, Nick Ramsdale, and, and that ends up, that's his, uh, his aunt as well. Um, and he was there mixing among the fans, mixing among the supporters, having a chat and everything else. Trevor being as bold as brass anyway, uh, goes up and introduces himself. Hello, mate. How are you? We do a Guns and Yellow podcast. Uh, how are you doing? And, and having a chat. Trev, how nice was the guy? How nice was he? He was genuinely just—he's one of us. Well. He's like—it's yeah. interesting. Earlier, right? Our mate Dan there, he spoke about Dan spoke about uh, the best away fans in the league, right? And and I'm not going to argue that we've been fantastic. We've been amazing. We were amazing yesterday. But the reason it's gone to that next level with the Arsenal fans, as compared to a couple of seasons ago, is because we've got players like Aaron Ramsdale, we've got yeah. players like Benny White, we've got Gabriels that will fist pump and that will come to the fans and that will lift us. And and the, the players lifting the fans means the fans lift the players and get behind them even more. It's wonderful. I love it. And Mr Ramsdale, right, he it, it, was just one of us. Just one of us, just there. Yeah, he was watching his son play, who happens to be a fantastic goalkeeper for our great club. But he was just one of us, just enjoying the day, having a few beers, talking with the lads. And I got talking to him and I said, do you mind if I ask you one question? Give me one question, right? And he said, of course, no problem, no problem. I said, is your boy happy? And he said, he's exceptionally happy. He's very happy. And he plans on being here for many years to come. 
and it may fifteen years. He said. He said fifteen years. Uh, is he yeah. plans on being here fifteen years? House house in London sorted, partner all sorted. Mm. He's just happy, happy, happy. Loves Arteta. Loves what Arteta stands for. Loves the culture of the club. And it, it, it was just it it, it was a, a lovely, warm, fuzzy feeling, wasn't it, Trev? It was, and and do you know why? Love, we we must have had a big input into Aaron Ramsdale loving our club because from the very first game that Aaron Ramsdale played for us, the Aaron Ramsey song had gone, hadn't it? And it became the Aaron Ramsdale song, you know. And and we really give it to Ramsdale. We let him know how welcome he was, and you know the press have been at it again today, right? I heard a bit in the, on the media today of saying about well. Many Arsenal fans weren't happy when we signed Ramsdale for 30 million. Many of them weren't happy at all. Well, that's a complete and utter load of baloney, right? There was the odd voice that was said, Have we done the right thing? They should get everywhere. But 99% of the Arsenal fans I know were over the moon with us signing Aaron Ramsdale. And that's proven by the fact he's had nothing but our full support since day one and continue will continue to have it. Because he's a top lad. I'd, 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 I'd question that, if I'm honest, because there was an awful lot of people saying he'd been relegated twice and so on. But you know what? Sod that. The guy's... Pr- Hang on, Trev. Don't pull your, your face out. The guy's proved himself. And he's proved himself. One, to be a fan's favourite. And one, he's proved himself... You know, he's in contention to go to the World Cup as England's number one, number two. And, I'm, and to be honest, I I prefer him to, to Pickford anyway. I think... Well, T-Rex is just like, you know, um, a little bit weird. Um, and just his interaction with away fans, home fans. It's the... He's he's just he's just priceless. So second half, Dan, you started going on about the second half and the change in formation in the second half. Um, uh, they changed to a five at the back. It became an, an awful lot more of a physical battle. And also the fatigue, I think, of... And, and we did talk in the car on the way down about, like, you know, if we want to be Champions League, we are going to be playing Tuesday, Wednesday, and Sunday, Saturday, or whatever, our Thursday, Sunday. It doesn't matter. We're going to be playing twice a week, right through the season. But the f- fatigue did seem to get in. Why do you think that was? And, and, and the change of formation, how do you think that uh, changed the game? Yeah. Just uh, just before going out, just a quick 10 seconds on what you said about some of the fans and, and it's not just with Ramsdale when we signed him but also with Xhaka I think it's important to say that those fans for me are Twitter fans and they're not the real fans in the stadium because for me the real fans in the stadium get behind the team and, and have been fan- fantastic since probably middle of last year onwards and, and even a bit before really getting behind the team um, and it's great to see but um, yeah certainly the, the second half for me I think the Southampton managers just just got it right you know he, he switched to a back three, back five, however you want to call it. And he, he's, near enough, he pressed the centre of the pitch so that we couldn't play through the through the centre. And the two wing-backs for them just stayed out and defended against um, wide men who normally stretch the pitch. And we couldn't stretch the pitch then and we didn't have the space to play in the, in the centre. And then every time the ball went into the middle, they were physical, they were on us and, and they was really up for it. I do think a, a little bit fatigue came into it. If I'm totally honest, I don't think that was the whole reason um, fatigue. There's there's a lot of players in that in that squad who are still fresh. I think it's more down to we didn't take our chances, and and as we said earlier, if we take our chances, I think that's a completely different game. But we we near enough let them back into it, and then when we did when we did let them back into it, maybe fatigue had a, a slight 
slight bit of an edge for Southampton. But but tactically, I think that Southampton just got it right second half, and and we didn't really adapt to that. Um, Albert, we looked knackered for the last thirty minutes. Heath says, "What was your view? You, you like we're, we're watching physically, and and it's always a very different view when you're watching on TV rather than at the stadium." Yeah, I, I yeah, with, with the tactical switch, I actually thought they made it in the first half. To be honest with you, because I think they look, they didn't create a lot of chances, but they got a lot more possession of the ball because, like I said, they couldn't carry on with the way Arsenal started the first sort of twenty twenty five minutes. So I thought they tweaked it in the first half, and then. The second half, um, I mean, it kind of was the pattern last week in terms of how we started the second half. For me, the sort of, we had, like Daniel mentioned in terms of the chart, because there were some guilty chances. I mean, you know, going back to the first half, even in the second half. Um, but yeah, I just thought sort of the first 20 minutes, key word, Fergus, always talk about football in, um, intensity and we didn't have it. Um Southampton were a bit more prominent in the game. We spoke about the physicality they offered, whether that was um, just crossing the line or not. Um, and it just, it, it didn't really get much better. But I think it is very, I think what it is, Fergus, to, I, made a, I made the comment last season when we played West Ham away, that at the time we played West Ham, they played 11 more games than us. And that's because there's in that that's because there's in Europa League football. It is so so relevant playing Thursday Sunday football. And as as much as the 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 turn of form and the great start to the season, I think for some Arsenal fans that was a little bit of a a little bit of a reality check to say you know what. It's but but it, a... it's also it's also a reality check for uh, for us and the team as well. If we want to be challenging for the league, if we want to be challenging in the Champions League, if we want to be challenging in the Cups and so on, we are going to be playing two and three times a week. If if, if we want to be a top four side, if, even a top six side, but we, we, we're we saying that our progress, Albert, is into the Champions League. We're going to be playing harder teams than, than Zurich and Bodo. Not that there weren't um, difficult games with the conditions and the pitch and everything else, uh, but we're going to be playing harder teams in the group stages of the Champions League and, and further on into the groups. We need to be getting used to that. It's Southampton are a different kettle of fish for them. They're... they're Gunnar's right. Uh, Gunnar Russ is right. Russ, you're right. We need more depth, and and, and that and that ties in with obviously the, the, what we saw in the second half, probably last week and and yesterday. Because the thing is, if we take our chances and go two 0 up, for example, or three 0 up, then maybe the, the substitutions are not questionable for some Arsenal fans' minds in terms of you know mm. when they was made. But yeah, the second half was a bit of a difficult watch. I even when um you know we conceded the goal. I, I looked at the goal, Fergus. I'm, I was trying to look at it from an Arsenal point of view to see what we could have done, what we could have done to prevent it, really, because a clean sheet was there for the taking yesterday. No disrespect to Southampton, but they don't score a lot of goals. Um, so that was no. A they score. They score one goal and then they shut up shop. That's that's just all they do at the minute. <laughs> yeah, they was threat from corners and set pieces, but even that, even that, I felt we dealt with pretty well. But yeah, the the, the goal it'd be disappointing because, like I said, the clean sheet was there for the taking, but. Um, like I said, even in the second half, Fergus, massive, massive chance for Jesus. Um, I don't know what you guys thought of the, it was the game yesterday, but I had this conversation with one of my mates in regards to, don't get me wrong, Jesus should have scored. He should have scored, right? But you see the pass from Erdegaard. I actually thought if he'd have played it a little bit more further forward, there's no way that defender would have got back to Jesus. But that's my that's that's me nitpicking at, at best, but he should have scored. Uh, 
Tony, Trev, 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 uh, Trev, Tony was saying about Odegaard and Jesus and that interaction uh, um, after the game or in the car. What was he saying? He was just saying Odegaard seemed to just like slightly overplay a couple of times or, and, and he shouldn't have passed to Jesus. He should have taken the shot himself. Do you recall that one? I, if I'm honest, I think that we have a fine young player in Martin Odegaard, but he does overplay things sometimes and 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 take one, one pass too many, maybe. So and and that that may be why he's been substituted in the last four games. I don't know, but uh, yeah, I think I think that Tony's right. I think that that uh, Odegaard needs to uh, chance his arm once or twice more. Not every time he gets the ball, but there's been opportunities when you're thinking, oh, there's an opening for a for a go at goal there, and he tries the extra pass. So yeah, that is. Uh, that's something that maybe he'll change in his game. Maybe Arteta's seen it and will change it in his game. The, the, the lads are giving some really interesting points tonight, Ferguson. It's, it, it's like when we be, didn't become a golf. This is, this is where I find a weakness in our squad, right, in the second half. We, I think we've got 13 or 14 players that if they all stay fit, they're all good enough to win the league, right? But... If we get three, four, five injuries, then we're gonna then we're gonna see a weakness in our squad. But it's the plan B for me. It's the plan B that worries me. For me, if 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 we're not scoring goals and we want to bring another a striker or, or or swap Jesus out, we're getting the same with Eddie. Only not quite as good. I'm sorry, Eddie. I love you, boy, but you're not quite as good as Jesus yet. I'm desperate, and and I spoke about it with Rush yesterday. Rush is a wise old head with his football. I'd love to see us have an option that is going to change the outlook of the game completely, yeah? You bring on a great big Duncan Ferguson type or that just to change the outlook of the game. And I'm not, you know, Arteta does as Arteta does. He gets my full report. Mitrovic, Guna Russ, Mitrovic, nailed it. Imagine if yesterday's second half, right, when we're struggling, when when Southampton and, and Albert, you hit the nail on the head. They put their two defenders wide and, and, and cut us off. They cut us off. Their defenders stay wide. Much as we did at Man City at the Emirates last season, when we should have beaten Man City. After the first 20 minutes, we worked Man City out, stuck our two fullbacks out wide and cut off their feed, you know. But yeah, I'd just love to be able to say I'm a fan here watching the second half. Arsenal was struggling against Southampton. Southampton playing well. We need to change the outlook of the game. We need to, to turn things around and we haven't. I don't think we've got something yeah. to come on and do that, you know. On on, on that point, Trev, because um, I was speaking to Dan uh, earlier today, because he's he's Dan in Dam. Uh, what he was waiting, he was in the windmill and he was having coffee. How can you be in the windmill in Stansted Airport and not gone proper through proper passport control? It has to be a pint of lager with your English breakfast. Dan, that aside, you were talking about the substitutions that um, that were made. We had Martinelli uh, was taken off and Eddie and Ketier was brought on. Ben White was taken off and KT. Uh, was brought on. Type of understand the KT, Ben White one. I didn't understand at the time the uh, Eddie Inketia one for uh, Martinelli, who was having more impact and Jesus did look like he was blown out of his ass. So, but you you actually thought that it it wasn't as uh, new, I'll leave it open to you from there. You, didn't, you thought it was yeah, all right. Um, I'll, I'll start with a pint because after the weekend I had, I couldn't have a pint. But I think I'm all right now, so I'll be ready for the uh, for the next few days. But um, I actually think 
My opinion has changed since I rewatched it back, but I think a lot of people were very critical of Arteta's substitutions. And he put in the comment just then that they had no impact. I don't agree with that because I actually think they had a big, big impact in that game. But if you look at the the team that started, we had Tommy Asu was playing very much inside. Martin Lee was playing out wide. And there's a reason, I think, why he also doesn't play Tierney with Martin Lee together is that they both like to play outside in the channel. And what he also wants is if you're going to have one out wide, he wants one to come in. And by putting Eddie on the wing, naturally, when we when we're without the ball, he'll track back. But when we've got the ball, he moves centrally as a top and Tierney stays out wide. And it it actually occupies their back three with two players sort of near enough pinning the defenders back. And then we've got wide men that are attacking their fullbacks one on one again. Whereas when we don't pin their centre backs back, they're always two on one against our our wide man. So I actually think they had, they had a big impact. And I think they also created a few chances. I just think, again, we didn't take them. We were very unlucky with the ball winning out of play with Tierney. Um, and we snatched a few of our chances. But yeah, I, again, I, the only thing I would add to that is I do agree with Trev about a big man because that completely changes it. Because where they we were... Need a Giroud, are we, we... Yeah. It's, it's need a Giroud, are we... It's just something to, to, to give a bit off. back to them. You know, yeah, when you've got a, when you've got a, a nasty centre forward who's going to... You know, elbows and, and everything all over the place. It, it gives them something to think about that they don't have at the moment because Azuru doesn't get bullied like Jesus did for what we're saying should be a penalty. Albert, finishing up on this game, do you, where do you think you are with that substitution? Do you agree with Dan on the tactical move that was trying to be made? Because there are people on Twitter's fear and Twitter knows everybody and they're, 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 the, they're the fans that know everything. You know, yeah, they do. They're they, yeah, they're, they do. They, yeah, they're, they're absolutely right. And and they're calling out Arteta and say he's tactically inept and so on. Uh, you, you're going to get extremes both ways, but you know, you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, I think I was actually quite surprised with because I thought this. I thought the initial change when Eddie was coming on, I did think Jesus would come off. So I was, quite, so I was surprised as he might nearly come. I thought, oh, he's actually looked a threat for us more so in the game. Um. He was excellent in the first half, and obviously, you know, you, you leave him on because you think he can give you that bit of spark and dynamite. So I was surprised with that one. Um the 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 guard sort of Vieira one is I'm trying to think why he doesn't sort of finish games really. Um he wasn't bad Erdegaard. I mean, if he's having a stinker, then you bring him off, but um I don't know. I think with Vieira though, Fergus, I think with for me with him. I just think I see some Arsenal fans saying, <laughs> as you said, Twitter knows best, mate. So yeah, you know, we, we cash in on Vieira now if he's that to Twitter. But no, um, I think with him, I just think you've got to give him, just give him a bit more time because. He, well, Vieira. Yeah, I, I don't think he's even had a preseason. Well, so, but go on. Well, to, to be honest, he, he's been really good in most games this season. Uh, when he came on against Southampton, I think he was tough. appalling. Yeah, he, yeah. he was awful. He was he's, he's mislaying passes left, right, and centre. But I think that goes back down to what Dan is talking about about the way Southampton and their tactics pushing is away from the midfield. Because in the first half, party was making great passes, and the second half, uh, party's uh, passes were a bit more wayward and stuff like that. And 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 I, I think they just got the better of us uh, for for a part. Well, listen, Gregor, you're right. I, I, it's, it, 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 I think they mentioned it in commentary. They're right. When you lose, when you play a game and it's, it goes the way it went yesterday, when you lose the ascendancy in the in a game like that, particularly away from home, it's very difficult to wrangle that back. And obviously, bringing the substitutions on didn't really 
help us in that sense to try and nick the goal. But um, listen, Fergus, there's many times we've seen us over the years where I, I was fearing a little bit with 10 minutes ago. I don't know how you guys were in the stadium that we could actually lose this. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I was worried. There was that melee in the box. Yeah. And there, there, there was just uh, people everywhere. Uh, Aaron got the ball and cleared it. Yeah. But Christ knows, I don't know how that happened. And me and me and Dan were still gone. You couldn't make anything out, Dan, could you, at that point? It was just like Southampton players, Arsenal players, and everyone just kicking left, right and centre. Yeah. Don't forget, you've got, you, we're up against a side that has been in bad form and are now starting to fight. And there's no easy game in the Premier League and no one's got sort of a God-given right to three points. So um, mm. you've got to expect them to battle. And, and, and battle they did, second half. You know, Southampton mm. are, are not an easy side. There's many teams that go there and, and don't win. You know, City, for one, have gone to St Mary's a few times and lost. So it, it does show that the Premier League is a difficult league. But it's, look, it's, for me, it's just a small blip. And it's, um, mm. hopefully it will give us the kick hey, like, like United did. And we didn't lose. Listen, uh, uh, exactly. And, and Ross has put in the chat that, you know, a point. And we talked about it even in my kitchen downstairs. We talked about it beforehand. Uh, you know, we would have taken a point. Yes, we went there for three points. But we would have taken a point beforehand. It's a stadium that we would have gone to before and not... And uh, loss and leads the week before. Sure. So sure. There, there is huge improvement. Uh, Trev, I just want to really touch on this very briefly uh, because we've um, done refereeing to death, but it's just this. Oh, not that one. Uh, I've oh, deleted this. Not that one, Fergus. That, that, this, this one. Um, you know, headbutts and yellow cards and Theo Walcott and his diving. The shenanigans but, that went on and the referee yeah. just lost total control. I could isolate one sentence, Fergus. We've all seen it. Why do we have VAR? Why do we have VAR? Mm. Referees are not refereeing games. They're controlling who wins a game. And it worries me greatly what I'm seeing this year. Not just with Arsenal, with other teams. Indeed. Yeah, it worries me greatly that I'm seeing the influence that referees are having on the results of games. It's not good enough. It's not good enough. And it needs it needs to change. They need to either do away with VAR completely, and then they can make, I've said it before, have a human being refereeing the game. And if he thinks that Sack has dived and he wants to book him, I won't be happy with it. But I'll be able to say, yeah, you know, referees can't see everything. They're human beings. But we're not talking about that anymore. We're not talking about any. Let's be firm about it. We are not talking about referees making mistakes now. We are talking about VAR not doing exactly what it was brought in to do. It is not. It scares me greatly. As an old football fan, has been watching football for many, many, many years. I've never seen a game at so much risk of losing its. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Of, of, of being doubted. I've never seen the game being doubted like it could be at the moment for its honesty and its integrity. And I think that, honestly, it makes me start questioning it. But I can't move on till we talk about Vieira, right? Vieira, when he came on, he wasn't abysmal yesterday. I disagree with you, Fergus, but it wouldn't be a show if I agreed with you, would it? Vieira wasn't abysmal. Vieira was off the pace and not quite good enough yesterday. Yeah, yeah. And, and he didn't. It have an impact when he came on as a substitute, yeah? He didn't have an impact when he came on as a substitute. Um, but then we could say that about others as well. So, still have faith in Vieira. 
But it was what we were saying about depth, quality and depth, wasn't it? That was missing there yesterday. And I, and I think with the quality of depth, we're missing we're missing um, uh, Smithrow and we're missing uh, Zinchenko. If you add them into the bench, that bench changes considerably. I know it's only, t- it's only, it's only two players, but it does change it considerably. Uh, and you've got more options because I'm sure Smithrow would have probably come on from Odegaard and KTR... Uh, might have started and Sinchenko came on, or you could have brought in, you know, Party. You could have put in Sinchenko there or Shaka. There's loads of different options because we have got a few Swiss Army knife sort of type of players. Looking at the stats on this game, it was 56% Arsenal, 44% Southampton. We had nine attempts versus their seven off target and three each. So, in fairness, it probably was fair as a draw. We got Forest. Uh, on Sunday, it's a two o'clock kickoff. Um, just uh, briefly, uh, t- yeah. So I, think, I want to ask you a question, mate. You're a host, and I want to ask you a question now because we were at the game yesterday, all of us. Just before we move on, I'm sorry to cut you off, mate, but I want to ask you. A no, question. that's fine. I noticed something yesterday. Right? This is where you find out I'm clueless. <laughs> well, I knew that already. So um, <laughs> it's I noticed something yesterday. Granite Xhaka is becoming a massive indicator of how our team is playing. Not just how Xhaka is playing, of how our team is playing. Yesterday, when we are playing really well, first half, Xhaka is high up the field. Mm. Xhaka is taking balls in the final third, taking balls into the final third, finding passes and scoring goals, right? Now, watching the second half, and as our performance dropped off in the second half, Granite Xhaka was gradually, gradually, gradually dropping deeper and, and mm. playing more of a defensive role. Maybe it's because Vieira came on and Vieira wasn't playing quite as we would like. And you're right, Fergus, Thomas Partey did give the ball away quite a bit in the second half. He didn't have his best half of football by a long way. So I think Granite Xhaka is becoming a massive indicator of how well our club is playing by where he is on a field. Did you notice it, Ferg? Um. I, I, I didn't notice this so much there, but I think I noticed this generally in the sense that I'm just trying to get something on here so I can share it with you. Uh, there we go. Um, that I, I think um, it, it, it's it, it's the it's the makeup of the squad. The squad is a very much a very young squad, and Dan sent me a clip um, from the uh, what was the lady's name again? One second, uh, it's Kelly Summers' uh, article which she done. Yeah. Uh, the, the the interview she done, which is on Football Focus, and I've only got the, the the beginning clip. And Dan had an interaction with her on it. And this 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 tiny little bit is actually uh, quite pertinent to the question you just asked there, Trev. One second. What's happening here? There's no sound. Oh, no, it's gone. If you had sound, Fergus, then you were the only one that had sound, mate. We All we saw was oh. granite. Unless you were a lip reader, you were struggling. There were some, some subtitles. There was sub- the, the, the subtitles were there. So, no, the, yeah. there, was, there was sound. Basically, what, what he was... 
So what he was alluding to is he like the the, the interviewer said, "Is this the best Granite Shack and everything else?" And he says, "Getting older." But they, they th- he think once he's he's just turned thirty, and that when he joined in twenty sixteen, that the squad was a much younger squad, and the the older squad they'd been there, done that, they'd won stuff, and that the hunger is here with these younger players, but also that also flips on him, and we saw it in the documentary of his leadership quality and his maturity, because he's over 30, you would expect him to be more of a leader. And I know we've got our the issues over what happened back in 2019. He's made uh, quite a lot of ways in redemption with most of the fan base. Dan, most of the fan base. Um, yeah. uh, they, they, yeah. by, by the way, I don't I don't dislike him. So that, that that's not a full comment of my reflection of my opinion on him. Dan, I am only winding you up, but, um, but I, I, th- I think his leadership skills are coming in there because he's an older player. Does that answer your question, Trev? Uh, partly it does, his, but it's not just about his leadership skills. It's his coverage of the pitch, Fergus. It's his movement up and down the field. He's a different player to me this year. Hey, who's that on the comments, Fergus? Get rid of them, please. Um, yeah, who's that? Not... Spam. Oh, dear. How do I do that? Uh, Easy. Know, That's it. Done, 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 done. Right, okay, cheers. Yeah, yeah I'm just... Granite Xhaka, we've heard it said... It's a bit of a cliche. We've heard it said many times before that a certain player's improved and he's like a new signing and we've always laughed at it. But I honestly think that Granite Xhaka has been like a new signing this year. I do. Every credit to the man. I've never, I've never really ripped into him, but I've always said that he weren't my favourite person on the planet and I struggle with him at times. But... You've got to move on as a football fan. You've got to give credit where it's due. He's like a hmm. new signing this year. That goal yesterday was special and he's been a class act. And if we could have another, if we could have another defensive midfielder waiting in the wings of the same quality as Granite Xhaka, we'd be in a better place in the old man's view. Well, yeah. For the benefit of the people who had a little dead Tom, I'm going to try one last second. Tell me if you don't hear so- sound to play that clip again. So... No, no sound. No, no sound for me. No. Two horses. Okay. We've got Granite Xhaka. <laughs> We've got Granite Xhaka. Come on, Dan, sing along, son. So, 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 Granite Xhaka. <laughs> so listen, listen. We we got we got Forest away. Uh, we got Forest at home on Sunday. Um, a bit buoyed, I expect, from taking a one 0 win at the City Ground uh, from against Liverpool. Like you know. European champions a couple of seasons ago and you know challenging for the Premier League and Klopp is wonderful and everything else. Albert, what's your thoughts very briefly for your expectations on Sunday? Because I want to do PSV as well. Of course. Um yeah listen they got a fantastic result. I think that that was a coupon buster for a lot of people um in the bookies I tell you that one nil to the forest. Jeez mate never had that coming but fair play to him Fergus um when you make 22 signings mate it's um it's, it's going to be tough work to bet them in, don't matter how good a manager you are. Steve Cooper's done a great job, by the way. But um, I still fe- I still expect us, Fergus, to go and win. Hang on. Hang um, on. Can you see that surname on Yes. Aaron Ramsdale. Aaron Ramsdale. Nick, I hope you are going to be in in Eindhoven because Trevor's going to buy beer in Eindhoven and he never buys beer. So if you're there, make sure you find that fella. He'll buy a beer. I'm going to buy plenty of beer. Fergus, um, 
you wanna do you wanna just what? You got something on your nose? Oh go away. Just <laughs> <laughs> carry on, carry on, Albert. Carry I, on. I will carry on off that brilliant it brilliant comment from Daddy there. <laughs> no, but um you know what Fergus, you know what? I look at this, I look at some of the players in their side for us, you know, and um they they got half a chance to stay up, you know. They've got some experience there, like in the back with, with Steve Cook, they've got Lingard's there, Emmanuel Dennis is, is there, they've got um Yates in midfield and Coyote. They've got some they've got some players that can it can cause some teams and problems this season. But even though even though they got a great result against Liverpool, it was fantastic. Um I i I'm I'm still confident enough Arsenal can get the result at home. So I'm gonna go for a two-nil win, mate. Dan, what are you going to, to obviously, yeah, you got something on your nose as well. Yeah, we'll, we'll go into that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll um I'll I'll keep it I'll it's, keep it clean. It's called Lucy. It's called Lucy. Uh, I'll I'll keep it I'll keep it clean. I won't I won't nibble to your uh, your bullying as someone alluded to online earlier. Um back to the football. I'll, I'll make one very brief comment on on Granite Xhaka. And I think everyone has said how fantastic he has been. And I think no one can disagree with that. And I think as, as, as a footballer and what he brings to the team, we can't ask for any more. And, you know, he, he, for me, as he said in that clip, he's like a fine wine as he gets older. I think it's showing. And he's got such a big effect on the team. And always the last one off the pitch clapping the fans. And I think that is noticed and also appreciated by the fans. Um. On to Forest, I see that as a game that will bounce back in for me. When we're at home, we are a different animal. And I think we have really turned the Emirates into a fortress. Yeah. Um, we've got a tough game on Thursday, but I see no reason why we can't actually turn them over at home. Forest are not an easy team. They have bought very, very well. But I think it's not down to their quality. It's more down to ours. And I think for me, it could be a 3 or 4 nil win. It could be a statement win. Well said, well said. Yeah, brilliant. Trev, uh, your thoughts on the Forest game and what do you, uh, do, do you think? Cousin, like... by the way, saying I've never bought a beer for 61 years. Um, well, you, ha that... you haven't. I've I never think, seen uh, you buy one. I was, I was the first one in the ground to get him yesterday. Oh, actually, yes, you were, because I was yeah. driving and I paid for the parking. My own car driving oh, you yeah. lot. That's ridiculous. Right, listen, let's stick to the football, right? Because Forest is very important. I think that Forest have bought really well. I think they're going to come to life second half of the season for us because Albert nailed it then. He said they've got loads of players coming, 20 old players coming. They can't gel straight away. They didn't mm. have a pre-season with them players, not all of them, obviously. So I think they're going to have a really good second half of the season for us and I'm backing them to get out of trouble. But I'm not backing them to get out of trouble until after Sunday. I think we'll beat them Sunday. I think we'll bounce back at the Emirates and I think we'll probably win 2 or 3 nil. Mm. Oh, you haven't you haven't done your usual four nil, and Andrew's done one a four nil for you. Hmm. Right, okay. So listen, uh, we are all... <laughs> you're just ignoring me, aren't you? Uh, so so we're off to. Um, I'm picking you up tomorrow evening, and we're off to Eindhoven, PSV okay. Eindhoven. This is our view that we'll have on Thursday night. Um, uh, I'm looking forward to this. There is a little bit of nervousness uh, just because of the reputation of some sections of Dutch mm -hmm. football fans. Uh, no, but some. Lovely. 99% of the Dutch people are going to be fine, but there is an element and you just get worried a little. Trev, looking forward to it? Oh, of course. Cool. So, European trips are what I go to football for at my age, Fergus. 
I can't go to every game now. I'm not going to dwell on that. We know why, but I'm, there's no way I'm ever giving up a European away trip. So, of course, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. We're driving, so it's going to be a bit of a road trip like when we went to Zurich. Um, only we were like, we're being more danger this time because Fergus is driving. I was in the front when Fergus was driving home yesterday and uh, I had my eyes shut and he said, <coughs> said to me, are you asleep, Trev? I said, no, Fergus, I'm praying, mate. <laughs> I'm not saying his driving is bad, but... Dan, you were in the car. You never heard any of that, did you? <laughs> I'll tell you what, I heard a lot of road rage. <laughs> it's called progressive driving, not road rage. Yeah. I'll tell you what was Irish funny. Vo- Irish vocabulary. Yeah. <laughs> what was funny was uh, when Tottenham were losing 2-0 and the guys in the Brilliant. white course alongside are going like, 2-0, 2-0. We're going, yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the guys has got it on his phone. We all put our windows down. And we got, get a Tottenham, get a Tottenham. And then the whole, <laughs> Fainy, you can go away. Um, and everyone's beating their horns on the bottom. I think all the local people must have thinking, what the hell's going on? This, this crowd of... <laughs> it was brilliant. Yeah. Fergie, Dan, uh, Fergie, it's, it's, it is brilliant. It's not been a bad weekend, has it, mate? Can I sum no. up? Take 10 seconds to sum up the weekend and where we are now, right? We've lost ground only on Man City, right? Which we're going to expect to do. Everyone else has been the same or worse than us. And at the end of yesterday, we played 11, won nine, draw one, lost one. I'd have chopped my right arm off for that after 11 games. I'd have chopped my right arm off. We should be over the moon. And we rightly are over the moon. We're picking 14 yesterday's performance because it it deserved to be picked apart a little bit, you know. But we've still got a quality team and we're still top of the league and I couldn't be happier, to be honest with you, boys. Hmm. And we, we, we all said this on the way up in the car. And I think, uh, Albert, you were alluding to the same sort of thing, that when you read on Twitter and social media and some WhatsApp groups and so on, some actually the WhatsApp groups have been pretty... Yeah, they weren't too bad. The they, they've been all right for us. Pretty, right. pretty much on the same page as Trev. And in the sense yeah. of... You know, 11, we've won nine, lost one, drawn one. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it, it, it's a great start to the season. And we've got Forest, Chelsea and Wolves. There's nine points mm-hmm. up there. Don't worry. There's nine points up there. But there's, you know, I think all nine of those are up for the grabs. Albert, what's your view of it? how, it's, how it's going? Yeah, listen. I, if I, I, and PSV, sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, I enjoyed the trip for PS because that, that stadium atmosphere is going to be lit when you guys go for Thursday, trust me. But um, yeah, this, listen, the start of the season has been fantastic. I, I think if any Arsenal fans really, really optimistic, I think they'd be a little bit surprised at the way we started this season. You want to start well, Fergus, but in reality, you want to, in reality, we're seeing it. Um, and you know what? I think sort of perspective quickly, sort of, I said Arsenal would get top four this season. We sneak it. I think with the start we've had thus far, I think they'd be disappointed to get top three. I think it, 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 it can the, the the momentum and the shift can change in terms of what you're seeing on the pitch, and it is a fine thing with the squad depth. I get that. That's something they're gonna they, they're gonna need to readdress come when they, when it comes to the transfer window. If we can get a couple in, but so far um, the football's good to watch. Um, defensively, I, I trust this defense a lot more than I have done for many a year. So listen, let 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 it continue, my friend. Let it continue. No, yeah. I agree. I, to be, oh, go on, go on, Trevor. Albert's nailed it, Ferg. Sorry, I, I, you, you can't move. Uh, Albert, when you mentioned the defence and trusting the defence, right? Yeah, yeah. Southampton were bunging in then, chucking in then long throws yesterday. You know, much like Rory Dilap used to do for us <laughs> against yeah, yeah. Us at Stoke. 
And they must have had half a dozen at least that they launched into the box. And you're right, mate. Our old defence, we would have given away at least one goal from one of them yesterday. 100%. 100%. Oh, but you've nailed it, mate, with that. Absolutely nailed yes. it. Very trustworthy. Set, set. And a goalkeeper behind them that the defence yes. trusts. Exactly. You know, so you'll win. Set Pete's coaching has been um, a huge improvement from last season uh, well it started in last season and this season uh, already in Europe on his European tour is Capo Dan he's in Amsterdam stiffen after the um uh the the, the Dutch ladies <laughs> um Burgers. what we're, we're live and you're terrible you are I know I know I won't leave him alone no no I just wind him up all the time it's great fun <laughs> What what what's your um what's what's what what's your expectation and uh, how excited are you about going to the PSV game? Yeah, I, I can't wait. I mean, like Trevor said, any European away is fantastic. Any away supporting the team is fantastic, and just over a moment to start. Really, it, for me, it's still all positive. Um, it's a a game where we can seal things finally in Europa League and and make sure that we finish top of the group. It's an opportunity for a couple of squad players to come in and prove themselves. You know, we touched on Vieira earlier and I still think he needs to adapt to the Premier League, but he's got quality and there's lots of players in and around the squad that have a lot of quality. And, you know, we're going to be in the stadium with with a fantastic atmosphere. Mm. And um, look, just the same thing to the crowd. Let's try and do what we did against Southampton. Let's try and take over and be louder. It will be very difficult in a, in a loud stadium, but um, that's what we're there for. Yeah, yeah, and uh, keep your flag on that flag until you get into the stadium. I don't really want to walk around uh, Eindhoven with that round your neck because I think that'd be wrapped around your neck a lot harder. Yeah, I might get it out later when I get in the when I get in the ground. <laughs> uh, listen, uh, a couple of things to talk about in the Gunnar debate. Um, Aston Villa. It's not Aston Villa anymore. It's going to be Aston Villa. Good evening. Um, uh, Unai Emery uh, comes back to the Premier League and he's taking the Aston Villa job. Trev, is that is that the right move for him from from um, in Spain after being an Arsenal because he he was he was he was linked to a Newcastle job he turned it down uh, Newcastle job was on the up and up as you can see what Eddie Howe is doing the Villa job uh, Stephen Gerrard was over there and they haven't moved from where they were when he took over hmm. Fergus you know my views on Unai Emery better than anyone else I think Unai Emery is a damn fine manager he's a proven winner of competitions. He's proven to get smaller clubs or or clubs that don't normally do so well winning trophies. He was, I thought, he was treated badly at Arsenal by certain people. Um, I think the fans w- didn't help him. He spoke English. He spoke perfectly good English, but he spoke it with a, a Spanish accent. Surprise, surprise! The bloke's Spanish, you know. <laughs> so, as my, you know, I still has my sympathy for for what happened at Arsenal that it didn't work out. I still rate him as a good manager and I wish him all the very best, mate. I have, I don't have a bad word to say about Unai Emery. Hey, guys, anything to add on, on, on Emery and the appointment? I'm surprised, really. That's the that's the first I've heard it today, so I'm actually very surprised, if I'm totally honest. Um, I'm surprised he's left Villarreal because, for me, he's, um, he's very comfortable in the Spanish league. But I think, as Trev said, he's a very good manager and um, if anyone can, can change... Villa, I think he's very able. And if he gets the backing from the board to bring in some of his own players that he wants, um, they you could be... Sorry, cut you off, thank you. Do that, please, Ferg, in the comments. What's that? You see it, mate. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Sorry, oh. Dan, we don't want that sitting on the site. 
That's it. Sorry, that's Dan. right. I, c- I can't see it, but yeah, that's right. <laughs> Yeah, no, we but just, anyway, we just, as we said, I think we, we, we've just um, got some. We just, we just have some um, random adult site just jumping into the comments as a robot of some sort. So yeah, it must, it must mean it must mean we're getting popular. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. unless anyone's followed me from Amsterdam. Uh, actually, yeah, it could be that's because that's of your IP address. Is, yeah, exactly. That's what it's it is. His, his IP address. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, Albert, Albert, Unai Emery. Uh, your thoughts on him? Do you think he'll be successful at uh, Aston Villa? Um, yes, interesting one, Fergus, because the, the names that were touted around was Thomas Frank and Pochettino, but um, it's it's a tough one at Villa, Fergus, because I mean, from what the reports I hear, they want European football. Um, you know, good luck with that, Unai Emery. But listen, he'll get them sorted out. He's a very experienced manager, as as, as Trevs has said, and um, he's a, he's a winner. So listen, he will probably do a good job there. Um, it's tough at Villa, very tough, but time will tell. Time will tell. Uh, Trev, before I do my very last point, um, Poch was mentioned in by Albert there a second ago. Who's the and you're on mute as well, uh, Trev? Who's the who's the um, the bigger manager, Unai Emery or Poch? I can't make a comparison. Can't make a comparison. Pochettino, I thought, was probably the best manager that Tottenham had in recent years, including who they've got now. Mm-hmm. He took them to a Champions League final and they got rid of him because they weren't happy with a couple of the things he said. More for them. I think that they're both very decent managers and uh, they could both do a good job, Ferg, to be honest, mate. And while I've got you on your soapbox, because uh, it's a soapbox I actually will stand side and su- side to side with you on, uh, Arsenal uh, announced the oh, it's not Arsenal's uh, the TV companies announced <laughs> yeah, yeah. the um, the the TV fixtures. We got West Ham on Boxing Day. That's now been moved to an eight o'clock in the evening kickoff. Good for some to a certain degree, but personally, I think it's way too late in on a, a Boxing Day. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Uh, New Year's Eve in Brighton at five thirty. Well, you're screwed if you want to go anywhere else. And the tra- the trains are all over the place. The hotel prices are going to be ridiculous. And the one that gets me more than anything else is the consideration that they've got for away fans. You've uh, we had on Monday, which is a bank holiday Monday, the second of January. We had a three o'clock kickoff, obviously clearly lined up, but it could have been moved on that Monday for Newcastle at that end of the country to come down to London. And on a bank holiday when they don't have to work generally, yeah. um, and they've moved it to Tuesday at eight o'clock, where there is no chance of them uh, getting home that evening unless they're going to drive minibus or anything else. Ooh. Trev, yeah. I'll come to you first on it, and then lads, you can have your bit. Well, it, it's it's very simple, Fergus. Those 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 fixtures there are generated by the TV companies with just mm. themselves in mind. Us fans don't even get a look in. Um, and it's worth remembering that the Emirates is sold to us and was built for us and was given to us as, as a public transport stadium. There is no public parking at the Emirates Stadium. It is a used public transport stadium. That's what's been thrown at us. How on earth are we meant to use public transport with some of the kickoff times? The Boxing Day game will be a struggle. The New Year's Eve game, I don't think we'd ever get home from Brighton. Cool. And... The um and the Newcastle United fans have got absolutely no chance on on the third of January, and I feel for them greatly. And I think that we're being sold out, and that the current action that they're talking about taking all these supporters trusts, every 
every club in that Premier League and the Championship to a certain extent, should their, their fan associations should be getting together and working out a plan of action because it mm. won't stop until we stand up to it. It's not right. At the end of the day, it's our game. It's our national game. It's a game for the fans and we've got absolutely no chance. Hurts. Hurts. Boys, uh, final comment on this one. Dan, go to you first and then Albert. I, I'm a little bit in between, if I'm totally honest, because as a football fan, we all love watching football over Christmas. And I don't, myself, haven't complained too much watching it at home. But then when it becomes your own team travelling, all of a sudden you start to realise the issue. So maybe we just need to be more aware of it for, for the other fans. But certainly Newcastle, you know, we had our Monday, um, game last year away mm. on a Monday night up there. And they've got the away game down here on a Tuesday night. Surely they're the games that you put early and, and let the fans travel back and forwards. Um, the others are difficult. You know, when you've got Boxing Day and New Year's Eve, I think it's difficult whenever you play it. But um, certainly top of the country to near 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 the bottom. Um, and on, on that same day, on that same day, Albert, you got Wolves playing Villa, um, which they could easily put as a as a, an eight pm kickoff. And even if they did have to make it a week uh, a during the day kickoff. Uh, for the Newcastle Arsenal game, make it four o'clock or something like that. It at least more reasonable and considerate for for fans. Thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when I got the text come through about the the games that are going to be televised over, I thought, we go. Let me let me double check to see what's happened here. But I think the Brighton. I think you guys will know better. I think we played Brighton not too many seasons ago. I think it's either Boxing Day away, or it was New Year's Eve, one of the days. But it was the same yeah. thing not too long ago. Yeah, it was an early kickoff. I'd yeah. stay over, though. It cost me a fortune for Hotel Albert. You're right. I think it was Boxing Day, mate. Yeah. I took the missus down, so it cost me twice as much, which uh, <laughs> was, which was... Which, which was, you didn't mind at all, did you? Remember the scarf. Remember the scarf. Do you know what, right? These TV... In my head, right? I don't know if this is what happens, but in my head, right? And, and in my experience of doing planning meetings and blah, blah, these TV executives from Sky and BT and Amazon now as well. Will yeah, hundred percent. And they'll have an agenda, right? And the agenda will be right. What games do we want to televise? What games are going to draw the biggest TV audience? What games are going to bring the most advertising revenue because they're of interest? And mm. somewhere at the bottom of the list, or not even on the list, not even making the list, will be right. fans, mm. fans yeah. and travel. We don't. I bet. We, I, we don't even make that list because if we did, and there was the slightest bit of consideration, Newcastle fans wouldn't be travelling to us for an eight pm kickoff. You know, it's disgraceful. It really is disgraceful. Mm. Um, guys, uh, we've um, overshot a little bit. We like to stick to an hour. We've done an hour and twenty. Um, listen, it, it's been worth. It. We had a lot to talk about, a lot to cram in. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, Thursday night one point gets us through to. Um, the top, um, like the next stage of the top of the league, sorry, top of the group in the Europa League group stages, avoiding the round of 32 and those ones that drop out of the Champions League. It allows us that couple of games as well to play the City and Everton games. So without a fixture pile up, for all the reasons we talked about throughout the podcast with squad depth and so on, hopefully we do some business in January as well. Um, but Albert, tell people where they can watch. Um, uh, all, all your your content because you don't only just do Arsenal, you do you do other content as well. I, I do, Fergus. Thanks for the plug, mate. Thanks for the plug. So yeah, Albert JTV people. Um, 
match reviews, previews, do some stuff on Lee Judgy TV as well. Um, you might see him on another channel soon enough as well. Can't disclose that yet, but anyway. Um, but yeah, I do cover women's football, mainly international football. Um, it's difficult squeezing the WSL and the Premier League on top of that, but I'll try. But mainly you'll see me doing international football, the women. So I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it. So um, yeah, people come and check out the channel. Brilliant. Um, Dan, you're off out into Dam. Uh, whereabouts in Amsterdam are you? I'm Central Central, so right by Amsterdam Central Station. So uh, I'm going to pop out in a minute and get some food. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And that is like McDonald's or something like that, not this like street hey, sort of stuff. It's you general, don't use general pro- proper food. Proper food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trev, I shall see you tomorrow evening. Um, yeah. You booked you booked in the in 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 the master suite for tomorrow night and the early early start on on Wednesday morning. Um, looking forward to it, mate. We'll 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 have a chin wag in the car and um, yeah, don't complain another, about my driving anymore. Another road trip. It just comes naturally complaining about your driving. It's an easy thing to do. Um, it's uh, it's it's another European away. Let's go. Let's go for it. Let's go and enjoy ourselves. Have a couple of beers. Right. Uh, you, you have been watching an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans you know how we work uh, we do it for fun we do it because we really enjoy it um, if you like what we do go on to YouTube click subscribe and click ring the bell um, and you will um, then uh, be able to see us every time uh, we will try and do something on Wednesday evening I think that's uh, the plan depending on how inebriated we are or are Probably if we're more drunk, we're more likely to do something, actually. We'll probably probably try and do something on Wednesday evening, um, podcast-wise, leading up before the game. And uh, we'll see quite a few of you who are in the chat. Dave, see you on Thursday. Nick, I think you're out there as well. There's a few of the others. Um, We'll see you on Thursday, if not on Wednesday, uh, in Eindhoven. Up the Arsenal. You've been listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons and Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too.